The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Rob. I've worked in QSage 1 and QSage 2 in village schools and in Milton Keynes. And I'm Nicola, and I've taught QSage 2 from Year 3 all the way to Year 6 for quite a few years now. And I've also taught at university, inspiring future teachers to do the best they can in education. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in geography with our original story, Exploring the Water Cycle. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Drip Drop Plop. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as a paperback illustrated by Corky Paul's cracking protégé, Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. In fact, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob and Nicola and Drip and Drop and Plop. And we finished last week with a bumper episode because, of course, this is a story based on the water cycle. And that is a science topic. But it's also, as we heard, a geography topic, at least here in the, the United Kingdom. So this is probably looking like it might be a bumper episode as well. Let's start with ages four to seven this time around. Um if only to ease us into it, because it's more of a 7 to 11 topic. So, Rob, what do you have for us for ages 4 to 7? Part of the Key Stage 1 curriculum is identifying different oceans and continents around the world. Mm-hmm. So this would be yes. a great way of doing that, because different oceans are mentioned. With my older children as well, I might start thinking about, where is Montana? Mm. And uh, I'm going to ask you, why did you choose Montana? Because, well, if you remember last week, I I spoke about the sermon that had given me this inspiration. He didn't actually mention Montana himself, but he said that there was a mountain in the middle of the United States that uh, sent the drops in different directions. And I mean, it's as close to the center of uh, the USA as you can get if you want to have a mountain somewhere at the centre. Yeah, but I yeah. guess, you know, you could pick um, a hill in the middle of the United Kingdom if you want to still have your drops end up in three different bodies of water. Yeah. And I guess you could do exactly the same with Europe. You could have your drops end up in three different locations by having them fall somewhere in the Pyrenees. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would, I would start thinking about not only where the Pacific and the Atlantic are, but start looking at the poles as well, yeah. where it's colder, and then start thinking about what the different continents are. Where is Montana? How do we know that that's in the continent of North America? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was kind of it. It is very much a 7 to 11 topic. But would you have a go as well at trying to adapt the story for those different locations? So maybe finding a, a place in Africa where the three drops could end up in three different bodies of water or finding a place in China or South America even? Uh, y- yes, yeah, because that would definitely help with identifying 
different bodies of water. So yeah, you could do that. Hmm. I think that if you said, okay, well, this time the drops are in Europe and this time the drops are in South America, it would kind of lose its uniqueness. It would hmm. lose the, the punch that the story gives almost. Yes, I guess so. Although it is a cycle and the story does kind of end with the suggestion that they are about to fall down again and uh, the storyteller in me wanted to write that with them falling down in exactly the same place but again you could adapt it couldn't you you could have their cloud drifting over a different continent the second time thereby prolonging the story and i I don't know you you may find with the ages of your children rob ages four to seven that they they quite like hearing stories again and again but changing something small about it like the name of the mountain range that they fall down on and the oceans that they end up in might be a good way of making it more interesting for them yeah yeah you make a good point (laughs) thank you (laughs) giving you a little bit more work to do as well but uh... (laughs) yeah and you could kind of say this time drip drop and plop of they've fallen over europe Mm. and then okay so where is europe what does europe look like whereabouts in europe could they have fallen if they fall just into central europe is it going to have the same effect or do we need them to fall on a mountain Mm. i know that i personally would kind of go into that much detail but how much of that would just sail straight over the heads of four-year-olds might be a a different matter yeah if you're telling it that way i'd definitely suggest having a map of the world around you with maybe some of the mountain ranges etc highlighted so you can get them to actually look and say okay so drip drop and plop have landed on this mountain here in the middle of uh, ethiopia is quite mountainous isn't it Mm -hmm. so if drip is heading east out of africa which ocean is he going to end in if drop is falling south etc that could be a, a, a way to explore the different oceans you could come dressed up as drip drop or plop with some of the um like you know wearing a, a hat from a country or some you know you could kind of do some drama with it i've come from i'm, I'm in this country now where am i and then look at the map <laughs> could be yeah, quite fun li- and link it back to that postcard idea that we yeah. were talking about in the english episode last yeah. week that could be quite fun i was also thinking hearing you mentioning oceans and continents that we we've had quite a few stories just uh in the last few months that have explored oceans and continents the pirate grace story and the little mermaid the little mermaid story that's right so this could be a way of just exploring different oceans and continents and and having a variety of stories so you can keep re-engaging your young learners in what can sometimes just be a dull repetitious topic uh, a topic that we're tempted to teach by rote because it is effectively a, a list definitely make it more of a splash in the ocean than dripping it in yeah although there's something to be said for drip feeding <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's start uh, really filling up our buckets with ages seven to eleven that was a terrible one i know <laughs> rescue us nicola where's the where's the geography <laughs> learning here? Well, the main geography learning is the obvious looking at the water cycle and hmm. thinking about um, the different par- parts of the water cycle and then how that obviously links to the story. How water evaporates, um, then it condenses and obviously then the clouds may rise to precipitation and then flowing back down. You know, the idea of that whole water cycle mm-hmm. and different aspects in it as well. Obviously the ice element that came up in the story too. Basically using that as a focus, children could look at the story and explain the four main stages of the water cycle 
cycle. Hmm. They could make a drama. So using the characters and the story potential, or even just now being more, you know, being geographers now, you know, from hmm. a geography point of view, writing about the different aspects of the water cycle and how it's important to our society, to our planet, to our world as well. Hmm. I was going to mention in DT about building a model of the water cycle. They could do some drama as well. So, so many different things could come off that. But the idea is by the end of it, they fully understand what the water cycle is and the different language linked to it and what happens during those different points. Yeah, that's the great thing about having a story like this, isn't it? That they're already engaged with the characters and ready to follow them anywhere. So you can... Yeah, once they've learned about the water cycle, they can even have the words on bits of cards ready to hold up. So, right, this is showing evidence of this. This part of the story is this. And, yeah. and actually thinking of it from a geography point of view and that when actually hearing the story back again. So sort of retelling the story, but with the the... I'm thinking of the Batman and Robin wham bam pals that <laughs> come in whenever they they whack somebody but yeah they could have different sounds for condensation and evaporation yeah which yeah. they make as they hear the story yeah that could work too because they're then showing they understand those elements that they've learned about mm. and putting it into the context of the story one geography element that I always like putting into the story whenever I'm telling it live is I think it's drops path down the river rapid where as he is racing around the corners he's back into the sides of the river and thereby shaping the river as it mm. cuts through the landscape. Is that a geography element for ages 7 to 11? Oh, 100% definitely. Yeah? And actually how the natural elements of the planet are shaping and changing the world. You know, as the ice caps melt, what's happening to the land mm -hmm. around it and the ever-changing aspects. I mean, often in schools, we'll go down and visit a local river or it depends on what your uh, your land around you is like, but looking at the natural environment around and seeing what is influencing and changing that. Mm. There are lots of other things. I mean, there's so many, like with science and English, really, there's just so much from this story. Making a map of each of the different raindrop journeys that they went on. You've got Montana and, and very diverse landscape nearby. So you could actually look at Montana and the mountain mm. ranges and compare it to perhaps the Nevada desert that's nearby. Or like Rob said in an early episode, maybe an area more close to home that you can compare two areas because often in geography we'll find out about our local area and we'll compare it to something else so yeah. you can look at the natural landscape of that maps of the world again that still comes into the upper age range children still aren't great at it and we need to keep that going all the way through till they get beyond our age ranges anyway so mm. knowing about the oceans knowing about the countries and then maybe even the cities of the world would be really good as well and you could even go another step further thinking about populations of the world and where people are living it's, it's a slightly tentative link but it links with the maths and numbers as well this story has got so much to it that you could go on to i think the main geography element though is the water cycle and then thinking about perhaps countries and comparing different landscapes mm -hmm. and and erosion is that a, a main yes, part it is and rocks and soils comes into it as well Yes, I think it would be embraced by teachers. I think that everybody who's teaching about the water cycle and everybody does should use this story because it's a great stepping stone to so many different aspects that you could teach. Fantastic. Let's hope they do. <laughs> That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you're soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. 
Tomorrow, Drip, Drop and Plop will help us plan lessons in music, design and technology. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear your, your story, story soon! soon.